the Lord. Hallelujah. Father, I pray the words I might speak this morning are clear and succinct, Lord, that they may reveal your heart to your people, Lord. I pray, Lord. I pray, Lord Jesus, for clarity that is in your word, Lord Jesus. I ask it in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So when we come into the house of the Lord, there's a washing process. <laughs> We're washed. You see, it talks about the blood and the water. Water is for washing. We need the water of God. We need that water. We need, we need it. You see, when we're washed in the blood and washed in the water of his word, there's clarity. We see clearly. In the word world, day by day, week by week, there is confusion. Hallelujah. There's confusion. And there's no solution to the world's problems. They're ongoing. And they will be ongoing for quite a long while, I believe, at the moment. And in whatever realm you look, whatever realm politically, financially, spiritually, there's confusion. But God gave us his word that we should not be confused. It's, it's a solid rock. It can't be changed. Hallelujah. You know, we, we're still using the same words that, the, that, that all the ancients used. Hallelujah. People, people want us to modify our believing to suit the current um, fashion of the world. But we can't change our, belie our believing or our thoughts or our thinking away from this word. And the, uh, the thing that I believe this word gives more than anything else, it teaches us about the love of God for, for the human race. Hallelujah. So it does say uh, some pretty hard things which the world will not understand. You know, gay marriage and all those things. You know, if we just quote the Bible at people, that doesn't solve the situation. They have to see the love of God before they can see the truth of God. Because God so loved the world, this is where I'm starting out this morning, that he gave his only son. Hallelujah. The only begotten Son, it says there, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting love. Life, life, not love. Hallelujah. <laughs> it's amazing how it starts out, for God so loved the world. God loves the world. God loves all, all the goings on of the world. He loves the people. And he, and he sees their need. 
And he sent Jesus to fulfill their need, our need. Hallelujah. And he did it. It was his most precious gift that he could give to the world. It was his own son, his own perfect son. It says in verse 15 that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. So we have to believe what God has said in this book. And we believe that Jesus is the Son of God. We believe he died for our sin. Once we once we come to that position, we can see the whole rest of how this book works. You see, gay marriage is not good. And I'm not coming here to talk about gay marriage, but I'm using that as an illustration. It's not good. It's not for the benefit of man. That's why God doesn't want it. It's not, it's not that he's, he wants to condemn the people. They're already, already condemned by what happens because the, they have lived in a realm which is not pleasing to God. And so the conundrum is, how do we love people who are gay? How do we love them? In the way that God loves them. You see, he loves them all. He loves the sinner. And he, he wants to make a way of redemption from the situation and circumstances in people's life. That's God's heart. And uh, I wanted to, I haven't written any little notes here. I've just take, written down a few scriptures. Uh, I, I feel, feel sometimes we write down some notes <laughs> and then we feel committed to following those notes. Whereas what God really wants is, is to plug into him and say what he wants us to say. So you can't go wrong in reading the scripture. Because the Holy Spirit is here to interpret it. Hallelujah. So we're going to 1 Corinthians 12, 31. And 1 Corinthians 12 is all about the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, and how the church should operate uh, as a structural instruction from Paul by the Holy Spirit to us about prophecies and all the other functions that we have in the church. And this is always excites me. And the last verse of, the, of this chapter, it, it said... It says, but you should all, I'm reading it from my new translation that I bought while I was in America. It's called the Passion Translation. It's really good. I quite like it. <laughs> so forgive me, won't you? <laughs> but you should all constantly boil over with passion in seeking the higher gifts. And now I will show you a superior way to live that is beyond comparison. And it, what, what the Bible is teaching us here is that, okay, you can have all the gifts, you can speak in tongues, you can do all those things, but there is a superior way of operating. 
And you see, the thing is, what it's talking about is operating in the power of love. You see, when you operate in the power of love, all the gifts come into, into, into being. Because the whole motivation of our lives as Christians should be the love that God puts in us. It says, boil over with passion. We should boil over with passion about love. Hallelujah. We should be passionate people. Hallelujah. Our, our, our words should be passionate towards people, you know, because mixed up with that word passion is another word, compassion. Hallelujah. Which is, is another word for love. Hallelujah. So if we're passionate about the love of God, then we will deal with all these things gay marriage and all the other things, in a way that is above our own thinking. And, uh, and likes and dislikes. Because God works above liking and disliking. God works in a love which is higher than anything we can attain to. But what, what Paul is saying here, we can attain to this love. So I'm going to read you a bit of it. If I speak with eloquence in us, many languages, and we have somebody who can speak nine languages. <laughs> this young lady, you can speak with all those languages. In the heavenly tongues of angels, if you speak in the heavenly tongues of angels, yet I didn't express myself with love. My words would be, be reduced to hollow sound of nothing more than a clanging cymbal. You see, you can attain to the highest thing. But if love is not paramount in what you're, you're thinking, your objectivity about life, then it will not have any power. The things that we do don't have power except they're empowered through the love of God. See, this is how God saved us, through his passion for us. God has a passion for you. And we should have a passion for souls around us. Hallelujah. Because that's the only way that people are going to get saved, if we have a passion. And that passion is driven by compassion. Everything Jesus did, he did through compassion for the people. He said he had compassion upon the people. Do we have compassion about people? Hallelujah. Are we moved by the power of the Holy Spirit within us? You see... I, I read that bit about Lazarus being raised from the dead. And Jesus was moved with such compassion for the people and for Lazarus and all the things that he groaned within himself, it says. That was the amount of passion that Jesus had to have in order for Lazarus to come forth from that, that tomb. He groaned. You read the scripture, he says he groaned. And it talks in Romans 8, it says that we, when we can't express ourselves to God in prayer, we groan within us. Hallelujah. We groan that the Holy Spirit might have his way in our lives and in the lives of those around us. That's our passion, isn't it? Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, open our eyes, Lord, to what's available. 
Oh, Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus, we love you. We love you because you first loved us, Lord. And you put this passion in our heart for, for the things of God, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. We just thank you for that, Lord. Hallelujah. It's a miracle that you dealt with our self-motivation, Lord, by the power of your Holy Spirit. Oh, Jesus. Jesus, we thank you this morning. Hallelujah. Now, and if I have the gift of prophecy, with profound understanding of God's hidden secrets, and if I possessed unending spiritual knowledge, and if I had the greatest gift of faith that could move mountains, but have never learned to love, then I am nothing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We, we look upon men that can move mountains as something. But God doesn't look upon man, things as man looks upon things. Hallelujah. You see, I, I've always found it difficult to understand. If you say unto this mountain, it shall be removed and cast into the sea. I think that's the mountain of unbelief that Jesus was talking about there. Hallelujah. He wasn't talking a mountain. You, if you read the context of that scripture, you'll find that it's all about unbelief. <laughs> Hallelujah. The power of love draws us so close to God that, that unbelief goes. Yeah. Hallelujah. You see, we can't, we can't believe without the power of the Holy Ghost. You see, that's what gives us boldness. To believe God. That what he tells us, we, we, act, we act on the, on the word of God. Hallelujah. Not through some sort of obligation or some, some plan, but through the raw power of the love of God, the passion of God. For the situation. That's what Jesus did. We never understand why he didn't go immediately for Lazarus. But that was the plan of God. Hallelujah. We don't understand sometimes that when we ask God in prayer that we don't get a straight answer straight away. But God has a way of doing things that we can't understand and comprehend. And when we get to that place of knowing him then we understand that God has only one purpose for all of us that we might be blessed hallelujah even in our need of times of need God is blessing us hallelujah we think because we're not getting our own way, we're like spoilt children, <laughs> that God doesn't love us, that God hasn't heard us. But the, the call of God is above the natural call, the natural mind, the natural, the natural things that go on in our lives. 
God's call is above the natural. It's a supernatural call. Hallelujah. God's given us an opportunity to enter into this. And if I was to be so generous to, as to give everything away I own to feed the poor, to offer my body to be burned as a martyr, without the pure motive of love, I would gain nothing of value. Hallelujah. You see, we can do some pretty awesome things. with the wrong motive. You see, we think sometimes if we do an awesome thing for God, it's about us. But the awesome things that we do for God are motivated by the power of his love in us. The passion that God puts within us in a situation. And we have our own supply of passion. Hallelujah. God's got a package for all of us. You see, when something happens, we, we, we reach out to man first for the answer, for the situation, for the, to solve the problem. When God wants us to reach out to him through the passion we have for him. You see, there are things that are happening that are not right. And God wants to reverse that situation, but he's looking for somebody who will stand in the way, in the gap. Like we read about in the Old Testament, he was looking for people who would stand in the gap and reach out to him for the answer that is down here in the place here where we live. Hallelujah. We have an op opportunity to operate as this says, on a different level to the world and to the church system, to the religious way of operating. Hallelujah. There's so much religious way of operating in our churches today that God hardly gets a look in. God wants a... Well, God doesn't want... God's not a controlling person. He wants an opportunity. He's not controlling us some people feel they ought to be controlled. God doesn't want to control us. He wants an opportunity to use us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That we might be a channel for him. That everything he, he desires, we are able to channel for the blessing of others. Hallelujah. This is higher than my walk with God that I'm talking about this morning. I'm not walking up there. But that's where God, that's the ultimate place where God wants us to walk. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's something so much greater than we've ever come to understand. It's a wonderful thing. <laughs> You'll love this bit. Love is large and incredibly patient. That's why I know I'm not arrived yet. <laughs> and I can laugh about it because I can see myself where I am. 
But it's not where I am that's my ultimate desire. My ultimate desire to be where God wants me to be. And I think that's true of all of us. He's not made it too difficult for us to get where he wants us to be. But there's a surrender that has to go on in our lives. Hallelujah. It's a lot of warfare going on in my life at the moment. Because if we really want revival in this place, we've got to be prepared for it. Because God is not going to send it if we're not prepared. You see, he's going to upskill our whole time schedule. When the time comes, we'll be in this place night and day. Everything else will have to go. You know. I, I read about the Welsh Revival when... <laughs> When it happened in Wales, everything went to pot. All the pubs had to close, the betting shops closed. <laughs> the the whole, whole of the service department of the world was grinding to a halt. Even the pit ponies down the pits couldn't work because the people stopped swearing at them. <laughs> they used to swear at the pony and the pony knew what to do. But when the Holy Spirit started to move down the pit, they were, they were down there on their knees in the pit. There wasn't a lot of mining going on. It interferes with normal life. And if we want revival, we've got to be prepared to be interfered with by the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Are we ready? Because God's not going to send it if we're not... <laughs> If we're not, if not able to sustain it, it would kill us. It would kill us if we, didn't, if we couldn't sustain it. Do you just think what it might it'd be like? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, that was one experience. I'm not talking about that particularly. I'm talking about... The Holy Spirit moving. When he wants to move in us. Hallelujah. He wants to do it more than we do. He wants to send revival more than we want it to come. That's the truth of the matter. Hallelujah. And we're not... I'm not trying to make you on a guilt party today. God's happy with you as you are. But he can always see something more. This is what this is talking about. There's always something more for us to enter into. Hallelujah. Uh, you know, I, when you look at revivals, it wasn't, wasn't that easy for the people. Hallelujah. And you see, what happens is when God starts to move, it demands so much for people that in the natural, they can't sustain what God is doing. So you have to be supernaturally empowered to do all the things. You know, Paul, when you read his life story, which is what all these books are about, he went through so many things and experiences. And he says, I love it, he says, all these things don't move me. What a position to get in. What, that's what God wants us to be, in a position where we say, all these things that are happening don't move me. Because I know. I know. I know, I know what God's doing. Hallelujah. 
You see, he could have easily stopped his, his visit to the jail and being locked up at midnight downstairs. He could have easily done all that stuff. He could have told the judges, I'm a Roman, you can't put me in jail. But he submitted himself to the hand of God. And because he submitted himself to the hand of God, there was an earthquake. Now, and that earthquake was the beginning of a revival in that jail. Can you imagine what happened? All their chains fell off. That, that must be a bit of a shock if you're, if you're a prisoner in the jail and all your chains fell off and all the buildings, all the doors are open and all the buildings wreck, wrecked. And there's Paul in there and he shouts to this jailer who's about to kill himself, don't you, do yourself no harm. We're all here. This is a wonderful thing. Not one of them had escaped. They had the chains taken off. Not one of them had escaped. They were all there. Hallelujah. And the, and the jailer said, what must I do to be saved? He didn't have to preach to him. He didn't have to go. He, he saw the hand of God. And this is the thing. We think by preaching, we're, we're, we're bringing people to, to God. Well, you do need to, to give them the word. But we don't have to try and, and set a pathway for them to walk. We're there to, to introduce them to the gospel and to Jesus. See, love is large and incredibly patient. Love is gentle and consistently kind. Are you consistently kind? To all. It refuses to be jealous when blessing comes to somebody else. Love does not brag about one's achievements nor inflate one's own importance. Love does not traffic in shame and disrespect, nor selfishly seek its own honour. This is another one. Love is not easily irritated. <laughs> do you get irritated? I do. Love joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what is wrong. Love is a safe place of shelter. Love is a safe place of shelter. Hallelujah. For it never stops believing the best for others. Do you always believe the best for others? Sometimes the people that irritate us most, we don't believe the best. We think we, it's about time God dealt with them. <laughs> Love never takes failure as defeat, for it never gives up. Hallelujah. It doesn't give up. Hallelujah. Perfect love never stops loving. Bless the Lord. It extends beyond the gift of prophecy, which even eventually fail, fades away. There'll come a day when there will be no more prophecy. It is more enduring than tongues, which will one day fall silent. When we get to glory, we won't need them. Love remains long after words of knowledge are forgotten. Our present knowledge and our Prophecies are but partial. But when love's perfection arrives, the partial will fade away. 
When I was a child, I spoke about childish matters, for I saw things like a child and reasoned like a child. But the day came when I matured and set aside my childish ways. And this is a lovely verse. I love this. I always have done. For now we see but a faint reflection of riddles and mysteries. Do you see a faint reflection of riddles and mysteries? Sometimes this book is hard to understand. As though reflected in a mirror. But one day we will see face to face. My understanding is, in, is incomplete now, but one day I will understand everything. Just, about, just as everything about me has been fully understood. That's amazing, isn't it? Everything about you has been fully understood. That's God's viewpoint. He's fully understood everything about us. But because of the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross, he doesn't see us. He sees Jesus. He is the propitiation for our sin. He is the one that's come between. And it's a wonderful thing. It says, until then, we're still talking about the days when we will we'll be with Jesus. Until then, there are three things that remain. Faith, hope, and love. These are the things that remain. Hallelujah. We have things we've hoped for, and we're still hoping for. Hallelujah. We're still reminding God about them. Hallelujah. We're still using faith to press into God. Yet love surpasses them all. That's faith, hope and love. So that above all else, let love be the beautiful prize for which you run. Hallelujah. I thank God. It's the fact that I know God loves me that allows me to feel that I'm not condemned for anything I've done. I can't get my head around it. But because I love him, I understand how much he loves me. And when you realise how, how much God loves you, it's more powerful than any Ten Commandments or anything else because it's a power which has power to set you free from all your flesh and your mind and all the other things that get in the way when you're walking with God. I thank God it says in finishing off so above all else let love be the beautiful prize for which you run. Hallelujah. Because I believe when we get to heaven, that's all we see. 
is the love of God. That's the Shekinah. Hallelujah. It talks about the fire of God. In the Bible. And wherever you see the fire of God, see the love of God. Because God is a consuming fire. But his love is the thing that consumes. His love is consuming you and me, brother and sister. Day by day, his love is consuming us. We are, we are changed by the power of that love. I had lots more verses to read to you. I'm probably only a quarter of the way through what I ticked as verses I could use this morning. But I'm going to leave it there. Father, we just thank you for your love this morning and the power of the anointing, which is your love. Because when that love, that anointing comes upon us, we feel the, the comfort of the everlasting arms around us. We thank you, Lord. We are comfortable with our relationship with you, Lord. Not because of what we've done, but because of what Jesus has done for us on the cross, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that all our sin is covered by the blood. But the renewal of our mind has to come through the love of God. Because unless we know how much you love us, we can never have our minds renewed in a way that is, is powerful and positive in our lives, Lord. Father, I just ask you to just reveal this love in your people in the coming days, Lord, in a special way, Lord. Everything that we do, the, the outreach on next Saturday when people go out on the street, that the love of God might enfold people, that we might not have to be in people's faces, but you might be in people's faces through the power of the Holy Spirit in that place, that people might feel something Something out of the passion of our love for you, Lord. In that place, Lord Jesus. That hearts and lives might be changed. That might be revelation. That people might come to the knowledge of Jesus. We just ask it, Lord. Father, open the doors of this place to salvation of souls, Lord, in the coming days. May we see many born of the Spirit and born of the, of the promise, Lord Jesus, of salvation, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that salvation is the beginning of everything. Hallelujah. We ask you, Lord, to make it clear and plain, Lord dear Jesus, that we're not messing about, Lord. We're here because of the power of God that's upon our lives, Lord Jesus. We thank you for every aspect of the glory of God in our lives, Lord Jesus. Oh, bless you, Jesus. We just thank you for that. In the name of Jesus. Oh, I love you, Lord. Hallelujah. Bless you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Let your glory fill this house. Let your presence fill my heart. Let each vessel offer unto you. 
sacrifice of praise. For you alone are holy. You See, it says the verse, that verse says, you alone are worthy, you alone are holy. But you see, our holiness comes because of our relationship with God the Father. Hallelujah. He has made us holy through the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross. He has made us worthy to be children of the living God. Hallelujah. That's how much passion God has for us. He's made it possible for us to enter into a realm of the Holy Spirit where everything works through love. It's so wonderful, Lord, to have our eyes open this morning, Lord, to see the power of love. Hallelujah. The world talks about the power of love that they don't know you. But we know you, and because we know you, you know, we know the power of love. Hallelujah. It's not an earthly love, it's a, it's a heavenly love. Oh, hallelujah. The love, it says, the scripture says, the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's, it's, this morning, he's shedding his love upon in our hearts. The Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. It's wonderful. Jesus. 